Thank you, Lord. God is good. Anybody hearing from God yet tonight? So don't give me a courtesy, amen. I'm just, I'm really wanting to. You, you know, when, when Paul uh, wrote the book of, that we call 1 Corinthians, I don't think he wrote 1 Corinthians, but uh, he wrote that letter in the 12th chapter and he explained uh, gifts of the Spirit and, and operations of the Spirit, administrations of the Spirit, all those things. Uh, at the beginning part of that chapter, he began to describe the difference between God and the, the, the idols that they used to worship. And he said, the thing is about your idols is they were mute. They didn't talk. So they used to worship all these idols. They were non-talking gods. Right? They weren't real gods, but you see that phrase over and over in the Old Testament, how the scriptures will say, there is none like me, none beside me, there is no God but me, right? There, often we use that, we think we use that language, there is none like you. We're saying there's no gods like you. Because yeah. any God is a fake God. Yeah. That's not the Lord God. That's not Almighty God. And one of the things that was, that was true about uh, what he was explaining to them, because he was starting to teach them about spiritual gifts, and some of those gifts were vocal gifts. Prophecy, Tongue, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, right? And uh, they're vocal gifts. In other words, they had to learn that God speaks. How many know we should still be aware of that today? Yeah. That if you're going to be involved in the Spirit of God, He is a speaking Spirit. Yeah. When, and because of that, and because He speaks to us, we have to judge that. He speaks through other people. You have to learn to recognize what's the Lord and what's not the Lord, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I speak with tongues and interpret like I did a couple times tonight, what should you do with that? You should listen for the Lord's voice. You judge all things by the word and by the witness of the Spirit inside of you. When you have it, when you know, yep, that's scriptural and that bears witness, then you take it as God's talking to you. Because God is still speaking. I don't mean He's adding books to the Bible. He's not, and we're not writing books to the Bible. I don't mean we're elevating our prophecies above the scripture. We're not. We're submitting it under the scripture. Right, but, And I don't know why I'm saying that. Maybe there's someone who questions, or this is new to you, these kind of things. But the Spirit of God has always been a speaking Spirit. Yeah. In the book yeah. of Acts, they, you find it frequent. They will talk about the Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. And you speak, He would speak to people, and sometimes in dreams and visions, and sometimes just they would hear His voice. And He's still doing that today. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. And I know for certain, say, how do you... How do you know when he's talking and when he's not? Well, you just know. It's, it's almost, you know, a moment ago I said, I don't want to do something, I don't want to do something else, but I got, and I went like that. It's almost like you can feel it sometimes. You, you guys, it's almost like it's sitting in there like you ate something. <laughs> it's not exactly a like, because it's not physical and spiritual, but it, it has an effect on you. It's like, there's something in there. And if I ignore that, that's going to bug me. Not bug me up here, but it's just still there. Yeah. And then when you act on the word or give voice to what he's saying, it goes away. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's gone now. Yeah. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense to you. But, uh, uh, but, but when the Spirit of God is speaking, we need to heed his voice. Yeah. Unfortunately, many have been taught that he doesn't even talk anymore. That's a strange thing. It's a strange doctrine. Mm -hmm. God doesn't talk anymore. 
or he only talks through the written word. No, he's alive. He's real. He's personal. And he, he'll give direction to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm listening to him. But I tell you, he's at work and he's doing some things behind the scenes tonight. Our, I can hear, none of that was pre-planned or even premeditated. The Lord is doing things. Our resolve has to be to give thanks. And just we battle any thoughts that it's not working, it's not happening, it's delayed. We battle that by saying, thank you, Lord. You're faithful to your promise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You're doing just what you said you'd do. Amen. You're doing just what I asked because I prayed in faith. So it's done. We, we're, we're to combat that because he's working things. Sometimes situations take a minute. Yeah. I don't mean healing has to take a minute. That doesn't. You still give thanks if you don't feel well or something like that. That, there's, there's not a human element there, but many prayer requests there are, okay? In other words, if someone prays for a, a money or, uh, or a physical item, how many know the Lord's not printing U.S. You know, dollars or mining Bitcoin or anything from heaven, right? He's not doing that. He answers our prayer through other people. And things are moving around. That would be one example where it might take more than a minute. And maybe there's more to it than we realize. Amen. Well, God is good. I, I want to read one scripture if I can. Uh, it's uh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter uh, 12 or 13. Whichever one you like. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's read verse 28 of whatever chapter you want. I told you. <laughs> Only one of those chapters has a 28. <laughs> so go to that one. Which one's that? All right, good job. Hebrews 12, 28. Uh, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, you'd have to read the previous to talk about the shaking and a shaking that's going to happen and how the kingdom of God doesn't shake. Okay. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So uh, this is very interesting. Of course, we do this by grace. I mean, no, you can't serve God uh, without the grace of God. All of us are unacceptable outside of His grace. His grace has made us acceptable to Him. And say, so, uh, sometimes people think, well, we, everyone's acceptable. Everyone's accepted. <laughs> no, no, some are rejected until they believe. Then they become the accepted. It's a, it's a positional place in God. But he said, use grace, have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Think about this. Now, you start, now to believers, it is possible to serve God in an acceptable, acceptable way. What does that also tell us? It is possible to serve God in an in unacceptable way. Right? 
you could do so unacceptably, meaning you put a lot of effort into it, you may have tried hard, you may have done certain things that were admirable, but you did it in a manner which was unacceptable. The fact that that even exists always gets my attention because I want to serve God, right? Don't you? I want to serve the Lord. So I want to make sure my service towards the Lord is done in an acceptable fashion. Yeah. It would be like uh, maybe someone is in school and they were asked to, you know, do an assignment. Let's say, what's their assignment? Read a book. And they decided to read a different book than what was assigned. They said, I'm going to read this one. It's longer. It's more difficult. And, uh, and so they turned in their assignment. I read I did the reading assignment, but I read a different book. Now, they may have worked hard. They may have stayed up late, but was it acceptable? No, no, it didn't count towards their grade in a positive way, right? Or if they're given a a writing assignment and they, you know, they just, the, the, the instructor says, write it this way, this long, this format, this subject, and they just do, do their own thing. They, may, be, they may, may even have written a superior paper, but they worked hard for nothing because they're not going to get any credit for it. Why? Because they didn't try hard? No. That wasn't, the grade wasn't on whether you try hard. It's whether you do the assignment. Do what you're asked. And, and so that would be similar to serving God acceptably. How many know there are people who are trying or endeavoring or in their own way trying to serve, quote, God on the planet today, and it's not working. Meaning they're not getting any credit for it. Jesus even taught some will kill you and think they're doing God a favor. So they think they're they're serving God. I mean, no, that's not acceptable. They are serving God in an unacceptable way. All right. So obviously we're not doing that. Hopefully we're not reading the wrong book, writing the wrong paper, or killing people. Okay. Or, or approaching God, or trying to live our lives in a way that's inconsistent with the revelation of God's love and grace and so forth. That would be unacceptable. But, but th- this, is, um, this is true, that we're exhorted to serve God acceptably. So my heart has always got to be, Lord, how do you want this done? How do you want me to write this paper? How do you want me to read? Which book do you want me to read? You know what I'm talking about. How do you want me to serve you so that my service towards you is received by you, appreciated by you, someday rewarded by you, and I'm not spinning my wheels working hard. Amen? I know, uh, Pastor Bill, maybe you show this to one of your classes in the the school or something, some video uh, about, it's a, you know, it's fictional, but like people are standing before God and the the dentist is saying, but I pastored a church and the Lord is saying, I didn't call you to pastor the church. I called you to be a dentist and you would have reached this many people if you would have stayed in that field. And then someone else who did something else and they were supposed to preach and they did something else. And so they, all these people were never reached because of that. So they all worked. They all did something for the Lord supposedly, but not the right thing. Yeah. So, so this is obviously the qualifier here gives us some real good um, direction on this. Serve God acceptably with, with what? Reverence and godly fear. Some translations even say, ah. 
So there, there, there's, a right, there's a right way, an appropriate way to approach God and to serve Him. All right. The word, the word translated serve, sometimes it's translated worship. It's like, it's like uh, Romans 12, 1, which says, uh, uh, how does it start? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Or some translations say, well, your reasonable or intelligent acts of, acts of worship. So it's kind of, uh, they're, they're kind of both. It's like, how do we worship God? You know, we might first think, well, we sing, we lift our hands, we praise Him. Yeah, that's one way. But we worship God with our lives, don't we? We worship God by obedience. We worship God by trusting Him. We worship God by giving. We worship God by, by helping somebody else. Giving one of these little ones a cup of cold water. Catching the door for people. What did you, do? what did you just do? I just gave the Lord glory. Amen. So we don't think of all those things as worship, but everything we do for the Lord is if we're doing it because... You know, His Spirit is motivating us. His love is moving us. His Spirit has told us. All those things are a part of our worship. Amen. Amen. And so we serve God, we worship God with reverence and godly fear. So think about that for a moment, how that might play out in your life, uh, how you might serve God, but have the element of reverence. Obviously, it's inward. It's an attitude. It's a respect. There's reverence and awe. Reverence and Godly fear. That tells me that my service to the Lord has to be done with Him in mind. Why are you doing what you're doing? It's never about other pe people, you know, as far as impressing or putting on a show. It's always about I'm God conscious. I'm aware of Him. I'm aware of Him and what I'm doing that it's for Him. Everybody with me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I tell you, if I could do anything to up my own game, to increase the the quality and, and manifestation of God in our church is if we could, if I could get everybody 24 seven to be God conscious, we're just aware of him when we sleep and when we wake and aware of him when we're going down the road, aware of him in our services, of course, but I mean, it's even possible to, to not be God conscious in church. You ever been there? I know that, and I understand it may be in different levels, different degrees. I think I may have told you this before, but I recall one time, may have been earlier this year, but I was in a service. I was standing right over here worshiping with everybody else. The presence of God was on me so good, so strong. I'm like, whoo, glory to God. And, and, I, and here's what, what caught my attention is I saw something, and I don't remember if it was on the screen, maybe the words were wrong or something like that, something that was off, just, a, just an accident, just something that was missing. And I can remember thinking, I don't even care. <laughs> now, you might not get that, but when you're the pastor, you kind of care about everything. <laughs> you're kind of watching everything. Well, I don't run everything to work perfect at all times, and we're always trying to make things better. And there's a, part of that's healthy, you know. But you can go too far. And, uh, but I just remember thinking, the glory of God's on me, and I don't care that there are problems. <laughs> in other words, he overrode that. I was so God-conscious in the moment that it's like, well, you know, people are worshiping God. That's what really matters. The technical glitches, we'll work on those when we can, but right now it doesn't matter because we're going to worship the Lord. 
And I think that's how, how we're going to worship Him with reverence and godly fear. We are doing it with a consciousness of Him. It's possible to sing a song and not even be thinking about the Lord. How many have ever done it? Come on. <laughs> but it's possible to have your hands in the air and not be thinking about the Lord. And, uh, and if we could be God conscious in all that we do, I think we're more likely to be reverential. To, in other words, to serve Him acceptably. Think, what, what, is it, what is it like to, be, uh, to have reverence and awe? It's, we, have, we remember who we're serving. This is no small deal. We're serving the almighty God himself. All wise, all powerful, omniscient. He is the all in all. And I get to come before him. <gasps> I mean, if he doesn't take our breath away, if he doesn't ever cause us to want to just kind of collapse, I think if we stepped into the fuller manifestation of God's glory, there'd be a lot of collapsing. Someone would say, I don't believe in all that falling out and stuff. <laughs> and then they'd hit the ground in his presence saying, I don't believe in this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm telling the glory of God. That is one of the manifestations of God as he overwhelms you to a point where you can't stand. We have examples of that in scripture. Right? It's not just the healing line. And, you know, you know, some of the practiced falls. I mean, it's the, it's the real weight of his glory. Everybody okay? <laughs> I know I'm not usually that animated, but go with me. Uh, uh, with reverence and godly fear, I remember who I'm worshiping. And I see it as no small thing. If he were to manifest in all of his glory and virtue and presence, I don't think we'd be able to stand. I think we'd be able to even sit, sit, sit in our chair. And I'm not saying by that, well, let's act like it's there. Or, you know, it's that glorious when it's not. Let's all just kind of act that way. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about, I think it's inward first. It's the reverence. You can't manufacture a move of God. You don't manufacture the move of his spirit. You can't just kind of make things happen. What you do is you have the inward condition that sets the stage for God to do what he wants to do. And like we've seen God move, we will see him move. And we'll see him move in greater ways. But I think one of the ways is, is this reverence. Serving him acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's serving him in the service. That's serving him in the kids' ministry. That's serving him at the doors, greeting in the parking lot. We do it all with a, with a reverence. Do it all with, <gasps> God's here. I'm doing this for him. I'm doing this with him. Don't think that it's not being written down. Don't think every act of service that's done in faith to God and like reverence and accept, it's being recorded. It's being recorded. Why is it being recorded? So the Lord can reward you for it. I don't know about bad attitude recordings. You see what I'm saying? If I say this is inward first or it's attitude, if it's acceptable, bang, bang, written down in heaven. Written down in heaven. What if I'm doing it with, I'm not conscious of God at all. I'm a little bit irked. I'm a little bit annoyed. I'm a little bit uh, uh, bad attitude. I don't want to do this. Is he saying, give him credit for that anyway? 
I think we're reading the wrong book. We're writing the wrong paper. Huh? You might even be doing the right thing, but without the reverence and godly fear, you don't get credit for it. Hallelujah. It might be like nowadays, you know, students can write papers using artificial intelligence. Right? Don't tell them that. I won't give you the website, but they'll totally write the papers for you. <laughs> and it's a, anyway. You got the job done, but with the Lord, that doesn't work. Because he knows what's going on. I remember listening to uh, Brother Hagan um, many years ago, and he had this, uh, he was talking about increasing the glory and manifestation of God in, in our services. And he was talking about the vision he had. And the Lord told him how to do this. He had that vision in, uh, in July of 1987. And where he was caught up with the Lord over this meeting, the Lord began to talk to him about the order of worship, doing things according to his plan and purpose and not substituting man's ways of doing things. You know, it's, it's, if you've ever read that or, or listened to that, him do, talk about that, uh, you might want to, but he, he, it's when he said, the Lord looked at him and said, and, and t- he was looking at the, he was pre-looking at the service they were about to do, their big camp meeting that they do. And he saw everyone acting like we act and, you know, charismatics and so forth. And the Lord looked at him and he said, he said, uh, clapping isn't praise or worship. He said, it's applause. And he started talking to him about worshiping him instead of just doing what they do at the, poli- at the political rallies and at the sports things, how everyone just claps for each other. He said, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Uh, the Lord said, now nah, that's, uh, brother, you worship me with your mouth and lift your hands and, and, and praise me with your mouth instead of clapping. And it got everyone's attention because he had never heard that before. And, and, uh, and later, uh, many of us later, me later, began to study those things out and, and read on my own. I want to see if it's, those things are accurate in the Word. And I saw, and I could see there's, and he said these things too, but I saw some of it even more so. But uh, there's only one place in the whole Bible where it tells people to clap, where it's, even in, where it's even in the context of worship. Only once. And it's, that, it's Psalm, I think, 47. And, uh, and the context, you know, it says, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The context of that is both, is both musicians and singing. In, with musicians and singing. So it's obviously talking about being a part of the worship, the, the, the music and so forth, as opposed to... Um, just applauding like we do for people. And he said, he, he told them, he said, if you'll, if you'll pay attention to these things and do them the way I want you to, according to the word, my presence will be stronger in your midst. You'll see greater manifestations of my spirit in your midst. When you, when you reverence. See, the opposite of reverence and godly fear is I'm going to read my own book, write my own paper my own way. In other words, I'm going to substitute my preferences, my ways, what I feel like doing, over what my assignment was. See, that wouldn't show honor to the teacher. It doesn't show honor to God until we submit to his ways. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, You all know, uh, you don't all know, but some of you know uh, Cliff and Christy Graham. 
and uh, we support some of their missions events, and they going all over the world. Uh, Christy, now she spoke at our women's thing. When was that? In September. Okay, so ladies, if you were at that, you know her even more than everyone else. Uh, and I don't know if she told this story, but uh, anyway, she has the story that I got from Whitley. <laughs> so give a little air grace here. Uh, not telling her, but she she was in our service, uh, one of our conferences in I don't know a few years ago, one of our conferences that we do in August, and while in the service she went to heaven, and apparently she had gone before, at one of our kids camps, when they were ministering there, and she had a, a heaven encounter, and uh, and anyway in this particular vision and experience. She said she was walking with the Lord. And, oh, here, here's, it was during worship. We're all singing, okay? And her experience of being with the Lord, um, it's like our worship was a part of it, our worship here. So uh, don't ask me to fully explain. It wasn't my firsthand experience. But here, the point that I'll make is we'll come through. Uh, she said that while we were worshiping and singing to the Lord, about him and to him, she said they were moving forward. They were making progress. But she said in the service then, that there was a change and the, the song being sung was, now we haven't done this for a few years, so that's probably the date, but it's that song, Lord, uh, Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. And uh, what's that called? Blessing. The blessing. It was that song. And, uh, and it's got good words and everything, don't get me wrong. But she said when we started singing that here, her with the Lord, she said we stopped. And she said it wasn't bad. It wasn't like he was angry or anything like that. She just said we stopped. We stopped moving forward or making progress wherever they're going. And she said, and then when the song switched and we started worshiping the Lord again, we started making progress. And I thought, that, that's, I believe that. I thought, I believe that. That's powerful. And now, do you, you understand what the difference? One song was, was declaring truth about the Lord's blessing, but it's basically singing about us. And there's benefit to a song like that, I think. I mean, it's edifying, it's encouraging. There's some, but it wasn't worship. All right. And so when they were worshiping, they're making progress. They're getting closer to the Lord. When, they're start, when they started singing, I said, they, us. <laughs> when we started just singing about ourselves, <laughs> we stopped making progress. And I think reverence and godly fear. How should I approach you? I should approach you talking about you, talking to you, worshiping, magnifying you. And in, in doing so, the manifestation of God is going to increase. I was listening. There's another man. He's been here before a few times, but over the years, uh, Dr. Uh, Ken Stewart. Anybody remember him? Uh, Dr. Stewart was telling about the experience he had with the Lord in this was... 
uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's in the early 90s, so, someone in that time period. Uh, and the Lord walked into his, his hotel room and sat on the bed and talked to him about things. And he said, and in part of that, he said, I was able to ask him questions and he just answered me. And anyway, one of them, he said, I asked the Lord, Lord, what's the difference between praise and worship? That's a good question, huh? He said, he said to me, when you talk, and I'm not quoting verbatim, uh, but when you talk to me, uh, when you talk about me or sing about me, you're praising me. When you talk to me or sing to me, you're worshiping me. But it was e- it's a, either praise or worship was all, it's either about him or it's to him. And can't you see that just even in human relationships? Isn't that what, isn't that what it would look like you know, between, a, say, a husband and wife? You can talk about your spouse. What are you doing? You're praising them, if you said good things. Yeah. <laughs> if you said those things to them, say, I've never called that worship. I know, I know we don't call it that, but that's really the upgraded form of praise because it becomes intimate. It becomes personal. Amen. You want to worship them? Sometimes people think the praise, that's the fast stuff. Right? And the worship, that's the slow stuff. Well, not exactly. I, I don't think that's all, it's all, all about that kind of stuff. Um, but it's about talking about the Lord and singing about the Lord. It's all wonderful. And singing to Him. Both are valid. Both we should do. Singing to Him, talking to Him, telling Him how wonderful He is. Amen. Yeah. I like this idea, though, that when I'm, to know the answer to moving towards Him. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Remember, James said, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. I like to know, how can I draw near to the Lord? How about I start talking about him? Yeah. <laughs> talking about his, what he's done. Talking about his character, his love, his power. Talking about his grace and mercy. Yeah. And then turning my face to him and saying, Lord, you are. Yeah, and, making, and just moving right on, right on in. Amen. I want to serve God acceptably. It begins on the inside. I mean, no, your, your inward, your heart drives your actions. But then your actions reveal your heart. I don't just want to act. I want it to be from the right heart, the right motive. Right? But I do want, I don't want to stand around and say, well, my heart is right. <laughs> and that heart never produces action. Never produces activities of reverentially serving God. Praise God. Amen, amen. Well, this is what I believe the Lord wants us to, to know, even when we gather, is how to be reverent. See, and that means different things to different people. I think, say, well, what does it mean to you? What, it doesn't matter. It, ultimately, it, what matters is what, it, what does it mean to the Lord? Yes. And how can we come in here? And again, it's not only in here, but when we're in here, how can we do this reverentially? What does that, what, what does that look like? 
Reverence isn't always silence. Reverence is, I'm doing this for the right reason. I'm doing this serving Almighty God. I'm doing this out of great, you know, awe, sense of awe. And I'm doing it your way. I don't reverence the teacher by writing the wrong paper. I reverence God by saying, I'm going to do these things as much as I know according to your word, according to your will and your ways. Thank you, Lord. I believe he rewards that kind of heart. It's acceptable to him. It's acceptable. Our God is a consuming fire. When you read that reference in the Old Testament, it's connected with his jealousy. No, say, God is jealous? Yeah. When you're belong, we, we belong to him. And he, he is. And so we treat him with this high regard and high respect. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't think we've grasped the, the fullness by any means of how great our, and awesome our God is. Have you ever experienced something powerful in this world? Wesley and I were shooting the other day and didn't have any earplugs, and it was nine millimeter. And so, you know, I, I, point, I knew I didn't have them, so I was kind of warming up and hadn't shot in a while, and it's like, bam! It's just loud. Powerful, though. And it's not even the most powerful gun by any means, but it was powerful enough to shake me. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> Have you ever been, been to the ocean and been in the ocean with some powerful waves or some good undertow? Oh, yeah. And you realize how small you are? <laughs> it's like, I thought I was buff, man. I thought I was strong. And that ocean just throwing you around like you're a wet noodle. <laughs> I mean, the awesome power that's just in the physical world. Our God is the creator of all. He is powerful. Awesome. Good news is he likes us. Our reverence and godly fear, watch, is not afraid of him. We don't go before God thinking, oh, he's going to knock me down if I do something wrong. No, he's not. But we still come in with that respect. More respect than we have for the wave or the, the gun, or any other explosive, powerful thing in this earth, he's so much more than all of that, and we worship him with that understanding. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, why don't we stand for a moment? Let's just, let's just give the Lord thanks.